0: so we will begin the evening. We are going to do the Pledge of Allegiance. Please join me. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, everyone, for being here this evening. We appreciate it. We will move to B1, Superintendent's Report, Dr. Henson.
1: Thank you, Mrs. Goodburn. It was great tonight to uh, celebrate with our students and our PTA in relation to citizenship. That event occurred at 630. What a great, group, what a great group of kids and certainly phenomenal participation. I think well over 1,000 uh, entries by students, and so congratulations to them. We are celebrating, that's a picture of you on the screen, school board recognition. is the month of January. So we wanted to take uh, time this evening to express our gratitude to members of the Shawnee Mission Board of Education. On behalf of the community, we want to say thank you to each of you for your service and commitment to the Shawnee Mission School District. Tonight we're sharing a token of appreciation with you. These sweaters uh, we present to you uh, have uh, a logo on on them that we're going to talk to you about in just a minute. But uh, again, on behalf of the community for the Shawnee Mission School District School Board Recognition Month, uh, it's a common, I don't know common, but occasionally all hear, well, how much do school board members get paid? Well, as you know, the answer is zero. Um, and you put in a tremendous amount of time and effort to benefit uh, all of the students of the Shawnee Mission School District. And so thank you from the Shawnee Mission community for all your service and for all your work. So may we give our Board of Education a round of applause, please. As we're getting this uh, first look at the new logo, I would like to introduce Ashana Samuel to you, uh, who comes to us as Senior Vice President of Tro- Trozolo. Get that right? Trozolo. Never can get that right. Communications <laughs> group. Uh, she is our incoming Director of Communications as well. Hadn't started yet. But, uh, Sean, I want to turn the microphone over to you to introduce this new logo to us, please. So thanks for being here.
2: Thank you very much. I, um, as uh, Dr. Hinson mentioned, am outgoing senior vice president at Communications Group. I volunteered for many years with the Shawnee Mission Education Foundation Board. And so because it was my passion project, Trizzolo volunteered to design pro bono a logo, a new logo for the Shawnee Mission School District. We went through several different iterations and uh, worked very collaborative with Dr. Neal and uh, and Dr. Henson and some leaders in the district to get what we think is a very progressive new logo. And so, without further ado, let's reveal the new Shawnee Mission School District logo. <laughs> this logo has a representative lots of different colors these are the colors of the feeder high schools they're slightly altered to make it a a more appealing and progressive palette when they all work together the center color is the blue color of the Shawnee Mission School District what we like about this is any logo that has circular motion like this it, it implies motion and a synergy and action so that is very representative of the innovative place where the district is today we also like that all that it can be looked at almost as arrows, that all the schools are pointing to the district, and that there's a good synergy there, and that the, there's back and forth between all the different schools and the district. You can also interpret those arrows as books, open books, representing the academia. And if uh, you really try with some imagination, you might even be able to visualize perhaps a symbol that might be representative of the native american roots of the name of the school district with uh with a mark that might be uh, used in that culture there are different varieties of the logo this happens to be the primary logo and the horizontal version next please this shows how it will look in a very small version like on a business card and next please this is what's called the bug logo And this will be used in um, instances where, for instance, if (coughs) Shawnee Mission School District had their logo on a screen with many others, it will be there when the space Mm -hmm. is limited, perhaps on a sweater or Mm -hmm. a lapel pin. This is a um, universal logo that can be used with the full name. And then we also have a vertical logo that is, just takes up a little bit less spa, less space horizontally that can be used in those instances. And then next. That's how that looks in a small format. And next, please. Of course, we have to have black and white, just in case. And next. There's the bug logo in black and white. And the vertical logo. And then the color palette. This is the full-color palette. We have uh, the actual PMS chips here. We'll, I would be happy to pass these around, actually, if anybody wants to look at them up close. But the upper row, these are the primary colors, and we have the district blue. These are, this is the original palette that you've been using for years, this blue palette. The secondary palette are warmer colors, representative of the feeder schools. And I believe that that's it. Uh, we also created brand standards to make sure that they're always used exactly the same way. Uh, brand and a logo is very important; that it's consistent, that it's exactly the same, that it's not changed and morphed and moved. And so we'll we'll want to make sure that every we have all the file formats that we've delivered so that it can be used in the in the appropriate way in any in instance. So, any questions?
3: <laughs> so we can take oh
2: part. yeah, <laughs> that's the the, the uh, my dog business. She would go to the agency. She was she was called the closer at the agency. The agency dog. She would soften up any meeting. So I was very grateful that Trizola Communications Group uh, donated this work, and I and I'm proud of it. And I hope that it serves the district well. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Sean, and welcome, and again, uh, we always appreciate the pro bono work, and so uh, thank you very much to the communications group, and uh, in a few short weeks, we'll welcome you officially uh, to the Shawnee Mission School District. As we uh, transition to some other presentations tonight, I briefly want to talk about school finance, and and I'll briefly talk about school finance. Uh, There's some information uh, that was circulating uh, out of a committee today in Topeka about uh, rescission, or withholdings or cuts, however you want to call it, uh, that might be uh, coming to school districts and certainly other agencies across the state uh, between now and June 30. Uh, We heard several different percentages of what that would look like today. Um, Where it ends, we don't have any idea, obviously, but there's considerable conversation about the potential reduction for school funding uh, between now and June 30th. I'm going to give you a range of numbers that we heard today. We certainly don't anticipate or hope we're holding our breath that this won't happen, but the percentages floated today would be a reduction to the Shawnee Mission School District between now and June 30 of a range between 9 and $11 million. Now, certainly uh, we trust that's not going to occur, but the possibility of withholdings, rescission cuts, whatever terminology you want to use, is very real and we will stay clearly and and intently focused on what that might look for us as this legislative session proceeds. It's hard to transition from that conversation to kindness, but we will um, in that regard. And, And Linda, while I'm making some comments, Linda Seek, if you will, will join me. Uh, we're going to talk tonight about the Great Kindness Challenge, but I, I need to brag on Linda Seek for just a couple of minutes. Linda's a, a teacher for Shawnee Mission East. She's our local NEA president. She's been phenomenal, extremely instrumental, and really important in this process. Thank and, you. Linda, we've had great conversations about the Great Kindness Challenge, and so I'm not going to give any other information. I'm going to let you tell us what that's all about tonight. But I want to thank you in front of everybody tonight for all of your work and your commitment to this cause. It's very important.
4: Appreciate it. Thank you. It. Well good evening. As the president of NEA Shawnee Mission, I am very pleased to be here tonight as a member of what we call ourselves the United Committee. United, which stands for understanding for necessity of intentional training, for empathy and diversity. This is a collaborative committee which is made up of district administrators, NEA Shawnee Mission representatives, community members and parents and we are, integ- uh, we are integrating our work with that of the character education program, which is already in progress, as well as pre-existing professional development and community engagement plans. This week in buildings all across the district, students and staff are participating in the Great Kindness Challenge, a national campaign that's focused on encouraging students to engage in specific acts of kindness. Each building is participating in its own way, and every student and employee has received a button that I notice you all you all are wearing as am I with our slogan kindness matters. It is our hope that the statement kindness matters resonates with staff, students, family and the community and all continue to make the intentional decision to be kind to others well beyond this week's activities. In addition to the Great Kindness Challenge, our committee is working on designing building-specific professional development opportunities focused on cultural competency. Staff members from across the district have volunteered to serve as building-level leaders and will attend a a training this Friday in preparation to work with staff district-wide on April 14th. Our work this spring is just laying the foundation, hopefully, for a long-term professional development plan that addresses the need to meet the ongoing, ever-changing needs of the students that we meet. I'm really excited by the possibilities of this collaborative effort, and I think great things will come from it. And um, I really appreciate the efforts of so many, the communications department, to help us get this going on short-term, working with Dr. Henson, and um, I think we'll see a lot of exciting results this week and beyond. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Linda. Mrs. Seek referenced Dr. Ziegler in our character education. So Dr. Ziegler, uh, talk to us a little bit, please, about how this is integrating with our character education as well.
5: I would say synergy is a great word for tonight and um, intention. And what the Great Kindness Challenge has brought to us this week is an opportunity to draw attention to the efforts that began last spring from a task force that gathered to focus on character education and looking into a uniform approach across our district. So this year, we have a plan underway uh, to develop curriculum uniformly across K-12 in conjunction with our curriculum instruction team and Dr. Dennis's leadership. Uh, But also, there are multiple points to that plan, including professional development, which the team that's working with United is a great tie-in, as Linda referenced. And Linda was part of that Character Education Task Force, so she's been uh, with us on the journey. Uh, We also have plans to tie into school improvement, uh, and now our state has put in a responsive culture element to school accreditation, which ties in beautifully to the work that has begun and where we are going as a district team to look at this as another element of school uh, improvement. Um, And also a big piece is looking at how we communicate in our community-wide response. So those are kind of the key components of the Character Education Task Force results that came from the work last year and what work is underway now. Um, I want to share with you a special event that happened last Friday. Uh, Last Friday, we had the opportunity, um, Dr. Neal and I, to join our Shawnee Mission Area Council PTA group with the meeting of the presidents and principals. And uh, I shared with Linda that we uh, shared the banners and also the buttons and (coughs) talked about the kindness challenge because we cannot do this work alone. Part of developing a learning community-wide response to character education kindness, civility. Three terms our task force identified that were ultimately important to our district were respect, responsibility, and resilience. It cannot be on us alone. Engaging our community, engaging our parents are a vital part of that. So on Friday, it wasn't just Dr. Neal and I with the group, but Sue Ellen Freed. Those of you that have uh, been a part of the district may be aware of Sue Ellen's work. Sue Ellen is a patron of the Shawnee Mission School District. Um, Her children have graduated from Shawnee Mission Schools, but her life's passion and work is in developing programs to support children um, in abusive situations, but also her passion took her to the realm of bullying and banishing bullying behavior, which all ties into character education. So Sue Ellen is now partnered with us in the district, and again, Synergy, all of these pieces are coming together um, in a very serendipitous way. Um, and working with us to develop professional development plans in our schools to carry the mission of character education forward. So she shared with the group uh, three very simple terms. Kindness matters, words matter, relationships matter. So we're gonna continue the work and look forward to bringing back additional support uh, and information and and, uh, updates to the board. Really, it comes down to intentional acts, (coughs) developing empathy in how we see each other, how we treat each other with kindness, respect, civility all of the things that come into a character ed focus
1: great thank you dr. Ziegler
5: Thanks.
1: again thank you to all of you that are working so diligently so uh, Linda and your representatives from NEA and the character education folks uh, very very much needed Nicholas James a junior at Shawnee Mission South has earned a perfect <coughs> score on the ACT he joins a group of academically talented students In the Shawnee Mission School District, earlier this year, um, Ely Kurlbaum, Peter Haynes, and Yashi Wang learned that they had also received perfect 36 scores on the ACT exam. Typically, less than one-tenth of one percent of all students receive a perfect composite score on the college readiness exam. So this month, congratulations to Nicholas James. Molly Bourne, a junior at Shawnee Mission Northwest, has been named the Gatorade Kansas Girls Cross Country Runner of the Year. This honor recognizes outstanding high school athletes for academic excellence, academic achievement, and great character. She is the defending 6A Kansas State Cross Country Champion, two-time Kansas Regional Champion, and two-time Sunflower League Champion. She also won the Heartland Regional, which qualified, for her, qualified her for the national competition in Oregon. Kansas Association of School Boards and the Kansas School Public Relations Association presented the district's communications department with seven awards in their annual publications competition. Awards recognize the department's work in the We Share a Language production with Westridge Middle School and Kansas School for the Deaf. The District Connection Ease Newsletter and Inside Magazine, the District Strategic Plan Update, the Back to School Slideshow, (laughs) and the Proud To Be SMSD social campaign. This afternoon, in a faculty meeting at Rising Star, we announced that Rising Star will become the second innovation innovative school in the school district. As you know, this was the first year for Apache. That's going extremely well. So we announced Rising Star at a faculty meeting. Uh, this afternoon, sixth grade commission update. So, I have an update from the sixth grade commission. Uh, they're very busy. I'm going to remind you that of the subcommittees in relation to the questions. So, they met on January 5, which was their second meeting of the 48 members of this commission. Subcommittee one is working on the answer or answers to this question what are the most essential components? necessary to provide a highly effective social, emotional, and academic experience for 6th grade students. And certainly that the board has uh, this narrative in front of them, and we'll have it on the district website as well for everyone to read in that process. The subcommittee 2 question... What are the advantages for students of having 6th grade in a 6th through 8th grade middle school setting? And, again, you can read all the bullet points and the things that uh, they're looking at through their committee process and also in this information or when these committees are meeting again. So they've already scheduled those meetings. Subcommittee 3, what are the advantages for students of having 6th grade in a K-6 elementary setting? And then four. What action or actions would a transition of sixth graders to a middle school setting require from the school district? And they've listed a a section of subtopics, for example, human resources facilities and enrollment planning, boundaries, technology, transportation, special services. So, again, uh, this commission, as they call themselves, met again on January 5. The full report the board has, it will be available on the district website as well. So the sixth grade commission continues to meet, reminding you there are 48 members. We're scheduled for a, a late spring, uh, early summer time frame of reporting out. Uh, right now they're targeting may and so we'll see if we stay on track for that but again there's a, a comprehensive summary of the work they're doing the questions uh, that they're answering through this process dr southwick i believe there's still a little bit of construction going on in the school district would you uh, talk about that please
6: yes there is there's a actually a picture of a couple of events we had over the last couple of weeks where we were able to show people the fruits of Mr. Robinson and his staff's labor and and the graciousness of the Shawnee Mission School District patrons to revitalize our elementary schools. We opened up Briarwood last week, I would say, to a capacity crowd in the gym. Um, it was a great night. Uh, parents and community members had an opportunity to go through the school and see all of the spaces. and. Um, to basically celebrate that opening and the week prior at Trailwood. Um, As a reminder to you, those are the first two that we will open this year. Crestview will open up after spring break. Uh, That will actually be the fourth elementary school delivered if we look at Shawano last year. Um, We have Ryan Benninghoven that is under construction right now that will open in August. And we are currently involved in the design um, processes of the new Lenexa Hills Elementary School and then with the announcement of um, the seventh elementary school, it's hard to say that, but seventh elementary school, Brookwood, um, we're preparing now for those students to move into Indian Creek and uh, we will begin to hopefully demolish that building sometime this summer. Uh, So it's been very active on the scene for our elementary schools. In addition to that, we're getting closer every day to the Center for Academic Achievement. Uh, Toured the building last week. We're not there yet. I always get nervous about deadlines, um, but they get the work accomplished. But we think we'll be moving tech in um, in a month or so, and uh, we think that potentially – I know Dr. Henson wanted December, but it's probably going to be late March, early April before we begin to move some of our offices in there. Um, we need to do it as soon as possible, though, because as soon as we move staff out of Indian Creek, we need to start the refurbishment there so that our students will have a building to go to from Brookwood. So um, all of that ties together um, and uh, it continues to be work as a, as a result of are good people in the community passing the bond issue? Um, I would be remiss, and I, I mentioned this at, at uh, Briarwood the other night, if I didn't um, talk about how much the district appreciated our staff and our parents and our students for being inconvenienced for 18 months. Um, but also a shout out to our um, our custodians and our maintenance staff that, on a moment's notice, packed. Thousands of boxes up move them to a location and allowed them to be set up with our staff So we could have school after the winter break, so they've done an awesome job uh, We do appreciate it more work to be done. Uh, we are still trying uh, to bring our uh, Aquatic Center into budget so that but we hope this spring that we'll be able to break ground out in Lenexa on it Shawnee mission South Stadium is under construction now and um, It will be, for the first time in how many years, 50, 60, will be handicap-accessible, and uh, we'll have state-of-the-art concession stand, restroom, um, and actually will be a a facelift for for the southern part of of our community. So we're excited about that. I talk every morning to Bob Robinson. Generally, I go in to get my Bob Robinson fix, and we spend about 45 minutes to an hour each day talking about what are we planning, what's going on, what's already happened, what can we punch list. Um, it's an exciting time to be in the Shawnee Mission School District in terms of this regreening and this refreshing of the district. Um, I, I hope um, our patrons, and I believe our patrons are proud of it, and I hope you are too more to come next month
1: thank you mrs. Goodburn thank
0: you. <coughs> okay. uh, next up would be open forum but we do not have any speakers tonight so we will move on from then to e1 the approval of the minutes of the regular meeting of December 19th 2016 so, thank you dr. Denny. thank you miss Bisfield. is there any discussion all those in favor please say aye, aye. aye. all those opposed motion carries 7-0 <coughs> Approval of the minutes of the special meeting of January 11th, 2017. So moved. Thank you, Ms. Neighbor. Second. Thank you, Ms. Mack. Any discussion? All those in favor, please say aye. 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 All those opposed? Motion carries 7 <coughs> 0. That moves us to the adoption of the agenda tonight, F1.
3: Move for adoption. Second.
0: Thank you, Mr. Stratton. Thank you, Ms. Seela. Is there any discussion? All those in favor, please say aye. 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 All those opposed? Motion carries 7 0. Okay, I move to G1, approval of routine business by consent. So moved. Thank you, Ms. Eela. Second. Thank you, Ms. Neighbor. Is there any discussion? All those in favor, please say aye. 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 All those opposed? Motion carries 7 0. Okay, that moves us down. We have gone through the consent agenda. That moves us down to action item M1, Educational Services. Dr. Henson.
1: Thank you, Mrs. Goodburn. I'm going to call Dr. Dennis to the podium tonight. Uh, While he's coming to the podium, I want to thank, we have a number of members of the curriculum instruction uh, team here tonight. We appreciate all their work on our program of studies. So, Dr. Dennis, our elementary program of studies, please, sir. Uh,
7: Thank you, Dr. Henson. As Dr. Henson mentioned, the CNI team uh, was busy working on uh, revisions to the program of study. Uh, I will be presenting a little bit this evening on the elementary program as well as the middle school, uh, and then turn it over to Dr. Strike. Um, I know that you've had a chance to look through it, so I'm not going to go through in a great deal of detail, but beginning with the elementary program, um, these are uh, works in progress, Uh, so we try to make incremental improvements each time. There are minimal, uh, minimal changes in the elementary program this year. Uh, we did, in the description, split out uh, the science descriptions from health, uh, and that was to make clear that that uh, health is taught in science but in also other curricular areas, such as physical education. Um, addresses were updated and so on, and we added information about the schedule that's in place, the ABCD rotation. Uh, we did remove some language about uh, elective music, um, and that was a judgment call on the part of the, of the team. And the reason for it was that we, uh, if you look at the other descriptions at the top, they are general, they cover really K-6. Uh, when you look at that one, it was very specific to grades five and six, and so the, the language is still there, but it's in the, the grade level uh, that it applies to, grade five, grade six. Uh, with that, I would, be welcome, I, I would welcome any questions you have about the elementary program.
0: So no changes to the the band or the music program. Just, Correct. Just we've just moved that uh, language to a different place in the you know.
7: right. The language was already there. We we removed it from the top where it was. We tried to be more general. Okay.
4: Perfect. I would move approval of the elementary program of studies. Second.
0: Thank you, Miss Bisfield. Thank you, Miss Neighbor. Is there any further discussion by the board? I mean. I just have one comment for you, Dr. Dennis, and it's just, I I really like the new verbiage that you've put into this as far as referring back to the Kansas College and Career Standards that we are tied to so that, you know, we can see that as we're moving through the grade levels there, K-6, you know, we are very, very aware of what the standards are and meeting those with the curriculum. So thank you. Thank you. Any other comments? All those in favor, please say aye. 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 All those opposed? Motion carries,
7: 7-0. Uh, before we move on, I should also acknowledge Darcy Swan and Aaron Smith who were uh, involved in that elementary program. Um, at the middle level, Tara Mahoney really took the lead. She is our coordinator for middle level in the CNI department. Uh, there are a few more changes in this program, and they're intended to align more tightly with what the high school uh, program of study uh, looks like and what you'll hear about from Dr. Strike shortly. All references, for example, to English were changed to match the standards. They now say English Language Arts. Um, We refocused the workshop classes uh, to better align with the MTSS process. We uh, have added a couple of courses, uh, Intro to Journalism, to align and prepare students for uh, work at the high school level. There's also a fitness course that's been added. There have been some updates to descriptions Um, the pre-algebra class has been renamed, and it really the intent is to better describe what the class is actually about. It is now called integrated math because it takes a year and a half worth of content and and, uh, condenses it into a year. All of the changes that you see uh, have been vetted by the middle school principals. They've seen it, and it didn't get into the book unless it was approved unanimously, unanimously by those five principals. So with that, I would again uh, welcome any questions.
8: I would move approval of the Middle School Program of Studies.
0: Thank you, Ms. Mack. Second. Thank you, Ms. Neighbor. Is there any other discussion or questions? (coughs) All those in favor, please say aye. 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 All those opposed? (coughs) Motion carries 7-0. Thank you, Dr. Dennis.
9: Slow but semi-sure.
1: <laughs> thank you, Dr. Strike. The High School Program of Studies, please, sir.
9: Madam President, members of the Board of Education, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to speak with you tonight about the revised program of studies that is before you. I have the privilege of speaking, but the real work was accomplished through a team approach. You may have heard of the old adage that takes a village. It would be very appropriately applied to this version of the high school program of mm-hmm. studies. So let me uh, kind of share. Our high school principals who are in attendance this evening, uh, they were the leaders that helped to guide the process. they probably see me more than they would ever want to see me again. Uh, our leadership and learning team members, especially Dr. Dennis, Dr. Gillhouse, and Leah Baumop have worked tirelessly to bring you, the changes that uh, you're viewing. So that I don't leave anybody out, I'm going to run this laundry list down. So I'm going to break eye contact with you just to make sure I don't miss somebody. Uh, I want to give special thanks to ICT, James Morgan, and Drew Lane because of the technology issues that we were (coughs) experiencing. They had to see, liven in color, to believe that we'd hit save as and it disappeared disappear when we opened it back up. Mm-hmm. So we have now proven that that's not a good system to utilize, so we will move to a new document repository for the future. Dr. Ziegler, Dr. Atha, John Douglas, Dr. Gurman, Dick Kramer, all worked to help provide revision. And then I want to bring special attention to Jackie Chapman, Sherry Dumoulin, and numerous special education staff members who helped support us in revising the entire process for compacting and some of the things that are before you. Now, I need to give special acknowledgement to Sheriff Bury, Christy, and my uh, new administrative assistant. I think we just about tapped her out. Uh, But the bottom line is she, along with Terry Wintering, Miranda Hoyt, and Kim Barney, uh, provided the editing that was necessary to bring the product before you that you see tonight. And without their tireless work, we would never have reached the point where you have a edited version as well as a final version that has now been updated again. Uh, but in any case, thank you for all the good work that they provided. Now, finally, I want to share that the teachers and counselors have been the voice for orchestrating some of the changes, as well as serving as a sounding board, that help to ensure that the changes meet the intent, and the intent is to ensure that we are providing the best interest for our students. So this high school program of studies may be a a written document, but it's a living document. It's going to change as we try to better meet the needs of our students. So with that, Terry has some information that she's pulled up on the screen. This is just to try to give you an overview of the process. At the end of the overview, I'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have specific about the program of studies. And I know the district is aware, many of you are aware, the district leadership team is currently uh, assimilating 151 models from the Model leadership system. And as a part of that, I tried to pick two uh, models that would serve as guideposts for us as we work through this process. Uh, that started June 8, 2016. The first one was the main event compass. I've taken the liberty of providing the definition for you. And then I edited the definition in the working document that you see because I could. Uh, So long story short, you (laughs) see some of the why behind it. And the key piece to this is, when you scroll down, Terry, if you can scroll down, the big key to the why is we're trying to ensure that we're helping to better prepare students for career and college ready to make them career and college ready. As a part of that, the second model that we picked is the tomato plant problem. One of the issues that we face in a district or any organization of this magnitude and this size is sometimes we try to do more than we're capable of and we get lost in the forest. So the tomato plant theory helps our, our tomato plant problem, helps us to hopefully delineate and keep our eye on the prize and that is to better meet our needs of students. And then we also tried to embody part of the strategic plan. One of the action steps is to provide flexible scheduling for our students within the signature program and other courses. And within this program, we've attempted to take our fledgling first steps towards that flexible scheduling, as you can kind of see a little bit with concurrent enrollment with courses that were not tied to the Carnegie Unit, Contemporary Communications being one of those. Uh, The WOT is very simple. We took this to heart, when we, before we started June 8th, I had the high school principals take the sixteen seventeen program of studies and mine is wore out. Uh, I found if you turn it enough, the spiral comes up undone. Uh, but in any case, they took that high school program of studies, the current version 1617, and they took their enrollment master schedule and they went through each one of the high school courses page by page And that was where they started deleting. So that when we had the robust conversation on June 8th, you can kind of scroll down, you see a little bit of literally what we did. We put that rigor relevance framework into play. And we asked ourselves the hard question, why do we offer courses that do not help our students to be college and career ready? That was the first thing we started chopping. If the course didn't meet that standard, it was removed. That's not saying it was a bad course, but again, the tomato plant theory, you cannot be everything, you can't be something to everybody. You have to have a laser focus and this helped to provide it. Now, I could provide you a detailed listing of every meeting that we had. It would be comparable to the size of the memo, I think that was nine pages, that outlined the changes. So I just tried to globalize it and put it by month. But you see, we came back in August, we reviewed what we thought we did in June to make sure we really liked the deletions. And then we began the process of going through. We put it into a Google folder. And when teachers and department chairs, associate principals, C&I, associates, as well as leadership and learning, and principals, all decided to propose a change in the course description or add a new course, it had to be vetted through Google and each principal had to vote on it. If we didn't re- consen- reach consensus, the course change and the course propos- or the new course did not get added. Somewhat of a laborious task, but uh, that way we did it in electronic format and we could hopefully reduce the number of meeting times that we had, but we did have <laughs> robust conversation around those uh, course changes. We continued in October with uh, the leadership and learning team as well as the high school principals. We tried to bring cabinet in and share documents in editing phases along the way, so that they had their opportunity to voice the uh, some of the significant changes if they were going to be issues. I learned more about the NCAA Clearinghouse and the Eligibility Center than I ever thought I, as an old high school principal, an old coach, and I qualify that by old. I thought I had a handle on it, and I've learned a great deal. For example, that if you do a pass fail class, do you realize, according to the Clearinghouse, that translates to a D on the transcript of a student. And that's not something we want to do. So you don't see too many pass-fails being built into some of the flexible learning environments, because I thought that would be an easy way to solve it. We also discussed, oh, I know this is scary, the idea of doing away with weighted grade point average, because many of the prestigious universities around the country take a weighted GPA and translated into an unweighted GPA. But in the clearinghouse, you will note that uh, they do, for example, if a student's a Division I or a Division II student athlete, they do, if the student scored a 16, let's say on the ACT, not that 36, but the 16 on the ACT, they do give a value for eligibility on the weighted GPA. So if you do it away with the weighting, you would potentially negatively impact our student athletes that would be uh, aspiring to compete at the Division one or Division two level, so just some side notes that we talked through. Uh, we also had some opportunity to uh, discuss the wonderful IV program and the various rigorous courses of programs of study that we currently have within the district. That conversation was had on December 21st. And with that, we retained the IB program. We're continuing to move forward with increasing uh, enrollment in those programs. That's going to be a focal point for us as we move forward into this uh, upcoming school year. And then you see the rest of the dates that bring us to January 23rd, where we're having this rich, robust conversation at least one directional. Uh, On January 25th, I do want to point out the signature summit is going to be held at Broadmoor. That's this coming Wednesday. Uh, The ICT, or ICT, the communications department under Dr. Neal's leadership sent out an email blast to 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th grade parents and students so that they would be uh, welcome to attend this, so that they be able to learn a little more about our signature programs. And then I tried to highlight in red font for you the incoming freshmen, our eighth graders that will be coming incoming freshmen in 2017-18. Those are the events that are scheduled for those various high schools. So we're trying to ensure that the signature programs have an opportunity to communicate that at the same time. Any questions for me? This is just an overview
0: Thank you for outlining the process. Wow.
9: Yeah. <laughs> well, we Why tried to we be inclusive, and as I said, the, the key piece is the document's not the same, but I will say this. Every high school program of studies should be a dynamic document. It should never stand on its own one year to the next. It needs to go through a, a review process similar to what we did this year, and I can tell you I'm out for the counselors, And the CNI Associates today, I shared a document with them. Because trust me, there are mistakes in the document. And I can tell you that by mistakes, things that we want to capture and clarify for moving forward. So what we created, or what I created and shared with the counselors, is a document that allows them to collect page number, issue, and solution that they would propose. They will then send that to Sheriff Fury and myself, on a quarterly basis. So the mundane stuff that needs to be cleaned up in 2018-19's version of the program studies will start in third and fourth quarter of this year so that when we really begin the work starting in the fall of 2017 to begin to review this process, we're going to have a cleaner, leaner process so that we, when we really do the changes, the changes are going to be of a greater magnitude than what we've previously done in this version. So. With that, I'll take any questions you might have.
0: Ms.
8: Mack. This is, I love the questions that you asked as you went through this document. I think that's fabulous. My question is specifically on financial literacy because the state is going to be requiring it, and I, and I read that in 2020, um, students uh, have to have it from there and beyond, and I noticed in our graduation requirements it was a requirement it now. Is a re-
9: it's for the graduating class of 2020, Oh, for yes. 2020, okay. Yes.
8: So um, is it considered we're going to keep it sophomore, junior, senior? or Junior, what, what? Se- Tell me, junior senior. About.
9: Part of the, and I'll try to address it in the principles, so correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> here's Ed strikes version. Financial literacy is a course that needs to be relevant, and part of the reason why we elected not to do sophomores per se is, or freshmen is that This course, to be relevant, the student needs to be able to have some experience with a checking account. I know that's uh, passe now. But a debit card and or whatever uh, system is in place for them. So to try to make it relevant, we've tried to target the upperclassmen because they will then have a reason to learn it because they will see a connection to it. The other thing you will notice in, the, in uh, the e-school component of this, we are offering it as an e-school course, so students will be able to free up their schedule during the school day. Uh, if I was, in my version, an advanced student, and when you're tied to a 28-credit environment where it's right. a seven-period day, this will provide them the ability to free their schedule, take it in the summer and or do it through eSchool. The other thing that we are exploring is what about testing out as an option? Mm-hmm. If I can show competency, okay. if I can show mastery of the content, why do I need to take the course? But as
8: long as if the state of Kansas currently requires it or they're going to require it.
9: No, it's actually right now a Shawnee mission piece. We put this in place because, for lack of a better term, Uh, Some of our graduates, when several of our administrative team traveled to uh, various regional universities within the state of Kansas, uh, some of our uh, recent graduates indicated the one thing they wished that they would have had when they went to college was a better understanding of financial literacy. So that was kind of the impetus behind it. The state of Missouri does have a financial literacy requirement as a statewide graduation requirement.
8: I I think it's necessary. I I think it's a wonderful addition. and since you brought up eSchool, how, how many classes or how many courses are offered by eSchool? Now? Four.
9: Now, this is Ed Strike's version of this as well. I made some decisions. Uh, you always, it would be very easy. Edgenuity is a tremendous program. I've been aware of it since 2006 when it used to be called E2020. So it is one of the most robust online delivery models for credit recovery as well as initial credit. But you never want to get yourself so far in front utilizing the e-school or the edgenuity issue because of this. You want to have a traditional curriculum map created for every one of the traditional deliveries that we have in each of our high schools. And at this point, with the leadership team that we have in place, we don't have the capacity to build those curriculum maps for every course that is in our program of studies currently. So you always want to write a traditional curriculum map so that you know what students should know and be able to do in every class map it in the traditional curriculum vet that by the teachers that teach that and then crosswalk that to the edgenuity or the e-school program to ensure that the outcomes within e20 or within edgenuity or e-school meet the same curricular expectations that we have in the traditional model so we tried to go slow for courses before you open it up and not and start providing all kinds of curriculum that we do not have a traditional curriculum map for in our tr- in our regular classes we do use credit recovery now that's a whole different issue mm-hmm. because if you failed the student uh, failed the class you've already provided the seat time under the carnegie unit so if you can master the competencies based on that prior experience you can move through it without being tied to the seat time requirement so that's the differentiation E-school is initial credit. Credit recovery is a whole different animal. Okay. So,
8: so the, and I hate to put you on the spot, but the four classes are financial literacy.
9: Financial literacy, psychology, because it's a semester social studies class, uh, health, and government. Thank you.
0: Thank you. They used to me on
9: page 33.
0: <laughs> Mr. Stratton. <Trent. laughs>
3: How much of this update is driven by physical space? As we just heard, we're moving around quite a bit in the district. <clears throat> I'm always interested how much of this is driven by our physical space and our current staff versus, versus developing a document like this, updating a document like this, and then making all of it work together.
9: Okay. The, there's no easy answer. Hopefully I'll get <laughs> try to hit what you're asking. Uh, physical space is not the big issue today. We need to really, really be focused more, and I'm not talking about within the high schools. I'm talking about the educational outcomes. Those need to be tied, in my humble opinion, not just in physical space or in classrooms, but need to be tied through, and you're going to say I talk out both sides of my mouth, through that virtual platform or a hybrid mm-hmm. platform. Mm-hmm. Now, as I mentioned, the ingenuity program, I also will mention, once again, the NCAA Clearinghouse mm-hmm. or the uh, Eligibility Center. To offer initial credit, it has to be a hybrid model. You cannot use eSchool by itself or an ingenuity course by itself and award initial credit and have that count towards the clearinghouse for eligibility for student athletes. What that means is you can use the e school program or the ingenuity program, but you also have to have some direct instruction provided by a certified teacher within that content area. Mm-hmm. So so It's more than just limited by physical space. It's also the delivery model through it so that we ensure that our instructors of record
3: are a part of the process. And then keep taking that to our ability to offer signature programs with our new facility. And does that mean additional sections? That's our goal,
9: to try to improve the number of students that are participating in the program. And as a part of the conversation, we've worked through a flex schedule, if you will. It's been vetted again. We've started about 14 months ago. Dr. Gillhouse, Dr. Flurry, and Dr. Ziegler and I have kind of worked through it. I've met with each of our, We have met with each of the signature program teachers to get their feedback on that on that flexible schedule. And as a part of that, thing, we kind of ran a troubleshooting with it with the counselor uh, department chair counselors today. So. It's still a work in progress, but hopefully we will. Uh, our tentative goal is once student enrollment gets more finalized, the yeah. requests have come in the uh, week after spring break in March, we will consult back with the CNI associates that build the master schedule along with the department chair counselors, and we'll begin to review that signature program uh, CAA and Broadmoor schedule to see if it really needs to be tweaked because. Students vote, uh, students express their voice with mm-hmm. their enrollment mm-hmm. process, so by their course selections. So, we'll, that'll be the next step is to take those course enrollments and see if it, if our schedule still fits the bill for students. And we may need to modify it based on the student schedules. Mm-hmm. Right. thank you. Good question. Other questions?
10: Anybody else? Okay. One more.
8: Mr. Dane.
10: <coughs> I think that also means that. Although we offer a course in our program of studies, um, faced with some of the other fiscal restraints, we may not be able to offer a course if too few students sign up for it. Is that correct?
9: That is very correct. And we're going to screen that very closely with human resources <coughs> as well as uh, Dr. Gillhouse's leadership. Okay. Thank you.
10: Who
9: else? I move adoption.
0: Second. Thank you, Dr. Denny. Second. Thank you, Ms. you. Any other questions or comments? All those in favor, please say aye. 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 All, those, all those opposed? Motion carries seven zero. They if any of you're sure. really
9: interested. Terry Wintering provided me some really historic documents that I would love to share with you. (laughs) 1957 (laughs) versions of the high school program of studies, 1963, 64. The more things change, the more they become the same. Oh, by the way, English language arts that we talked about and Dr. Dennis spoke to in terms of the Kansas career-ready standards. Oh, by the way, they used to call them ELA, English language arts. Just a fun little piece of history. which, Which poses a question
10: in, in the 1960s, what would have been the course that we would now attribute to digital learning or computers?
9: <laughs> Ooh, that would be a type I B haven't looked that <laughs> <type closely. B. laughs> I was just surprised <laughs> that ELA came back. I go, well, oh, no, I've seen that before. That's, <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's see. That would be back in the Fortran and COBOL uh, phase, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Dr. Nope- Frank. <laughs>
0: Okay, we move to action. Oh, action! Human Resources, Dr. Henson.
1: Thank you, Mrs. Goodburn. Before you tonight, you have the 2017 New Directions Employee Assistance Program contract. There is not a change or increase in price. I will remind you this is a service that we provide to our employees. We've started this a couple of years ago for the benefit of our employees. This service allows employees to be provided counseling. Uh, management uh, consultation, support for financial issues, relationship issues, uh, legal issues. So it's a service uh, to our employees that we provide as a school district. Um, rarely do we get to say there's not an increase in price, but there is not an increase in price on this contract that we bring to you tonight.
0: So I'd move approval. Thank you, Ms. Seela. Second. Thank you, Ms. Bisfield. Are there any other comments? Dr. Hinson? Okay. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 All those opposed? Motion carries 7-0. Okay, we move to uh, action. The
1: second one. Thank you, Mrs. Goodburn. We have before you tonight uh, the approval of the recommended district-level administrative contract renewals. I will remind you that in uh, January of each year, we bring to you the the renewal of contracts. This does not involve any type of compensation change at all. But annually, we will extend uh, contracts for administrators, uh, the documentation. So these are individuals that are not principals. So they're coordinators, uh, directors, executive directors, assistant superintendents, and it extends their contract for a year. We deal with compensation when we deal with compensation for our employees later in this fiscal year. So there's no change in compensation. We simply extend their contract for a year through the process. And again, not principals, so we'll deal with principals next month. These are the coordinators, directors, executive directors, assistants, superintendents uh, throughout that process. And the length of their contract duration ranges from uh, one year to three years. Uh, generally, that can vary depending on position, sometimes in relation to performance as well. So it's an extension for a year, doesn't deal with compensation at all. All that's frozen in
3: place. So I
0: move. Thank you, Dr. Denny. Who was the second? Ms. Neighbor. Thank you. Ms. Neighbor, any other comments? Questions? All those in uh, in favor, please say aye. 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 All those opposed? Motion carries 7 0. Thank you, Dr. Henson. We move to P1, the approval of the proposed 2017 2018 district calendar.
1: Dr. Atha, thank you for uh, joining us tonight and for all your work on the calendar. Dr. Aetha has presented two things uh, for us tonight, the proposed calendar, but also the calendar information He's going to walk us through this process, which I think is extremely uh, beneficial to why we do certain things, not because we just want to, but these are the requirements that we have in place and how it all falls together. So Dr. Aetha,
10: Thank you, Dr. Henson. And it's always good to come and speak before you. Uh, and uh, tonight you have before you the proposed 2017 18-district calendar. Uh, I want to emphasize that it aligns with state law. It also aligns with board policy, the requirements of the Kansas State Department of Education, as well as our negotiated agreement that is um, uh, negotiated with our professional staff. I want to also emphasize to you that this calendar is... um, has some changes to it based upon some uh, concerns that patrons and parents and community members have shared with you as a board of education, shared with the superintendent, and shared with me. I uh, had conversations with over 50 parents regarding the uh, school district calendar. I want to emphasize a couple of concerns uh, that was brought to your attention and my attention. One of those concerns was that our traditional calendar has too many early dismissal days, too many half days, if you will. Our traditional calendar had 11 early dismissal days. The proposed calendar before you this evening has seven. So there is an improvement there that I hope works toward addressing this concern. A second concern is that we have too many weeks during the school year whereby our students do not go the complete week. They don't go Monday through Friday uh, enough uh, from our parents' standpoint. And this is disruptive to their family schedule. Our traditional calendar, or this year's calendar if you will, had 21 full weeks where kids attended Monday through Friday. The proposed calendar has 26, so five more weeks where our kids are in school Monday through Friday. This calendar also has 178 student contact days, As opposed to 175 in our traditional calendar. There uh, also is a change in proposed change in this calendar regarding parent teacher conferencing. In the past, we've had an evening in the fall and an evening in the spring, as well as a school day in the fall and spring dedicated to parent teacher conferencing. We want to move away from that to where we do not have dedicate the school day to parent-teacher conferencing, whereby all of our parent-teacher conferencing will be done after the teacher contract time in the evening or on weekends or any time after that to where we are addressing, where our teachers have an opportunity to meet with parents, talk to parents, Uh, regarding relevant concerns that they may have or relevant concerns the teacher may have regarding their their son or daughter so in return for the teacher meeting outside of contract time to conduct these parent-teacher conferences they will earn a flex day uh, in the calendar one in the fall and one in the spring and uh, um, so this will give teachers more flexibility in having parent-teacher conferences as well as more as well of our parents having more flexibility so I've emphasized some of the changes here but I'm going to stop now because I know you've looked over the calendar yourself and I also included the guidelines uh, state and and local guidelines that have to be in the calendar um, so I'll stop now and entertain any questions that you may have. Mr. Stratton?
3: Um, could you speak to the change around Thanksgiving?
10: Well, that uh, the change around Thanksgiving, um, our students will have, uh, normally they've had Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday off of Thanksgiving week. This calendar allows them to have the full week. It also allows for our teachers If they do their um, teacher-facilitated professional learning at some other time um, than this week, then they can earn a day off. And one of their flex days in regard to their uh, uh, parent-teacher conferences, if they conduct those, then they will have that day off. So both our teachers and our students have the opportunity to have the entire week of Thanksgiving off. And this uh, accommodates Some of our parents that travel, go out of town to see their families, and uh, there again, this would be maybe less disruptive to some of our families. Thank you. To include our professional staff.
0: Any other questions? I would just commend you for taking into consideration because we hear, too, from a lot of parents about, you know, the breakup of the week, a four-day week, a three-day week, or whatever. And I think you have done an an amazing job of putting all of those things in this calendar all together there. So I commend you for that.
10: Well, thank you for the kind words. But it's it's certainly more than me. It's those 50 parents that I visited with. It's uh, a lot of conversations took place in negotiations, and it was a joint effort by our administration in negotiation as well as our professional staff. And hopefully this, this calendar gives more flexibility to our parents and is respectful of their families. It meets the needs of our kids. But it also, there's two or three things in here that I hope is received by our teachers to where they're being treated as professionals and they're able to have more flexibility in how they deliver their instruction to our kids.
8: Ms. Goodman. Oh, Ms. Mack. Just one more thing. Um, I also know when we come back second semester, that first day is a professional day for our teachers, Or correct? Yes. When they come back second semester. And you might have to talk to Ms. Samuels about the logo at the top. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, move for approval of the 2017-2018
0: district calendar. Thank you, Ms. Mayor. Second. Second. Thank you, Ms. Sela. Uh, are there any other questions, comments from board members? All those in favor, please say aye. 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 All those opposed? Motion carries 7-0. Thank you, Dr. Aetha, for your work.
10: Thank you. I do want to emphasize. There's four emergency days built. Excuse me, built into this calendar. And if you notice, the teachers have to come back just the way the calendar is arranged. The teachers have to come back after Memorial Day, but hopefully the weather will work with us, and we'll be able to reduce. Um, you know. Take, if we don't use those four days, then we take it off at the end of the calendar. So that would move the teachers back up to where they would conclude their work before Memorial Day.
0: Thank you. We move to T1, board comments from board members. Are there any comments?
3: Yeah. Mr. Stratton. I'd uh, like to thank the staff on uh, the exciting uh, openings of the schools that we talked about earlier. Uh, It's a lot of fun to see from the turning of the dirt to the opening of the building. But what makes those equally important is all of the parents, the grandparents, and the students sharing that excitement in the building. So for us as board, as we're making these decisions about bricks and mortar and dollars and cents, it's a lot of fun to see the end users, the students in these buildings. I also uh, share a a thought about commending both the staff and the patrons in the Trailwood area. Um, there was a lot of what I call good conversation that took place there and um, some decisions that were made to alter some of the schedules, and I think that was very helpful to have the input of the public on that too. So I commend everyone that was a part of that. I thought it was a healthy conversation. want to make sure that everybody knew that we were listening and that we did want to take those concerns seriously. Dr. Denny?
10: I move that the board of education recess to executive session in order to consult with our attorney on matters deemed privileged in the attorney client relationship.
0: Second. Thank you Ms. Pistillo. Thank you Dr. Nguyen. Okay. You Mr. Oh, all those in favor? Oh, I'm sorry. When do we want to be back? 8:25
10: no further business will be conducted following the
9: executive session.
0: All those in favor, please say aye. 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 All those opposed? Motion carries 7-0. Thank you all for attending this evening.